competing at a combined weight of 405 pounds. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown champions of the world, the magic. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 443, Mr. Samich. Huzzah! Yeah, huzzah to you as well. Welcome back to the Magic Mike Show. Uh, slow weekend uh, as far as what happened, as far as the Derby and uh, Oaks goes. And uh might be a quicker show, but that's all right. How are you doing today? Doing good, man. Just uh, living the dream here. Got a, got a haircut today. Uh, they t- didn't take it as high as normal, so just kind of got the new new look going on right now. We'll see how it goes. I, I noticed that, yeah, you didn't have the full high fade going on there. You went, oh, that's good. No, it's, it's uh, slightly different. But, um, boy, the, the racing this past weekend was, uh, like I said, it, it was frustrating at times because we were at, uh, we were at Fairgrounds for the late pick five last weekend, and uh, one of the races we'll talk about, Rich Alexandra, the horse I wanted to try and fit on my ticket uh, ended up getting the win, and it was just frustrating that I didn't because she got the win at a nice price, but uh, wasn't great. We'll talk about those two races. Uh, overall, how was your first weekend without betting the NFL, though? How are you feeling? Uh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm honing in on NHL first period unders now, which has been a phenomenal angle for me if you're picking the right spots here right now. So that's been good. But I, I do miss the NFL, man, especially in like, I, I think Curtis brings up a great point here. Look, the preps have not been spectacular. So it's really hard to get yeah. super excited about anyone that's running in these preps. And because of it, we keep talking about these horses that debut or that are running in an allowance that we get excited about. And then we see them take that step up into a prep and they fall apart at that level as well. So it's just been one of those uh, – it's been tough because you keep getting excited and then let down and excited and let down. It feels like we're just in a bunch of high school relationships right now. <laughs> uh, the same amount of sex, too, for me. Anyways. I don't know about <laughs> yeah. you for that. Uh, but, hey, we're going to get into it. We've got the Risen Star Stakes and Rachel Alexander Stakes from Fairgrounds to talk about. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up! Mike, here we go. The Risen Star Stakes, if you're joining us on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we'll put the replay on here. Boy, first thought, where the hell are the lights for this track? Why is it so dark? I don't know, man. I actually had to adjust my monitor to watch the replay for this thing. So I turned up the brightness on everything so I could watch this a few times. I watch this replay a lot because I thought, keyword thought, there's going to be a lot more trip trouble in this race than there was. There really was no, no one got stopped. No one was making a run and got pushed back. Like they went fast early. 23 and two is, is extremely fast for fairgrounds going this distance. So you kind of see a theme. We talk about it on the charts a lot. When you look at where those poorly placed horses end up, they all end up in the same place. In this case, four determinedly finishes last. Harlow cap, shaft, diesel, victory formation, all back up. The only horse that didn't back up, it's in this first group. Two fills. Who I thought ran a very good race in defeat here. Because he is right there on the rail uh, on the outside of the nine horse and ends up running third. No one else from that front group of five or six there can make a claim like that. And, and 
those all backed up pretty bad when the closer started making a move, but no one got stopped as a closer. Usually you see horses get cut off, you know, not get a clean trip, not get a path. Every single horse coming from off of it got a path and got through. There were just some that weren't good enough. Yeah, and I, you bring up a great point about two fills. There were from that first big flight there. That's the only horse that at one point thought, "Hey, man, he's going to get a job done." And I was like, "Well, shit!" Like I was one race off because I think you and I both liked him in the comp. I couldn't remember if you liked him in this. I think you might have, but I had him in this. Thinking, one, oh, yeah. this is going to work. And then I saw the sixth Angel of Empire, the other other Brad Cox, kind of split through the field there. Um, he's going to pull away here late to get the job done. I thought it was fine, like a, a good effort, but the buyer comes back low. It's an 87, and you see a, a big part of that. It was a slow day at fairgrounds, a slow race, but I mean, tw- 26 and two basically from the three quarters of the mile, and then almost 13 home for that last bit. Uh, it's not they're not the most exciting uh, kind of facts and figures you see there. No, no, it definitely leaves something to be desired, and it's it's interesting because you watch the Smarty Jones at Oakland. And you see victory formation go gate to wire in an eight horse field. And then you watch this race and all of a sudden not able to get the lead hung four wide on the first turn. Fractions are similar backs up like a freight train going down there. But on the backstretch just completely goes out, out the back. It makes you realize how much more difficult handicapping these larger fields are and how much more random the results can be in these larger fields. Because if you watch able angel of empire trying to chase home victory formation, they could have gone around that Oakland track another time and Smarty Jones and Angel of Empire never would have gone by. Whereas here you see what happens when it's, it's we're in 13 instead of eight. The pace is stronger. There's more horses up front. It's one of the reasons why the Derby can be so hard to predict is because you have a field of 20 for the only time all year taking the gate. And it really creates not just trip trouble, but also it changes the pace, how horses try and run. And that that's really what struck victory formation or what caught my eye about victory formation more than anything else in this spot. Uh, Brad Cox didn't sound super excited about victory formations chances moving forward. Uh, he said, I don't know what to make of him finishing ninth. He might be a Pat Day mile type horse, and maybe he just needs the lead. And I'm like, that's kind of two ends of a broad spectrum there. Like <laughs> to say, maybe he's a one term mile horse. Maybe he can go a mile and a quarter. Or he just needs to be on the front end. So, um, what would you do with the victory formation? Would you try him again and say the Louisiana Derby or the Bluegrass, or, you know, maybe he just didn't like, fairgrounds i don't know would you still try him uh, on the derby trail i would be surprised if we don't see him on the derby trail again next look at the, the, the post position the last two times have been brutal right eight of eight now 13 of 14 right so not not wonderfully drawn especially for a speed horse and one that's not like lightning quick he's a speed horse but he's not like cave rock or you know like golden pal who's two lengths ahead of everybody early he needs to kind of get up into speed and so drawing inside is really important for him, specifically inside the other speed. So been in tough two spots, was able to clear. That was huge at Oakland. Obviously not able to clear here, sitting two wide around three wide, really around the whole first turn, and then two wide when they actually do uh, move in a little bit. It just, he's not winning from this trip. That's the problem. And, and he wasn't able to, if he had used the horse to get the lead early, he's not winning from that trip either because determinedly runs last. He would have been right around that same spot. Had he gone, you know, let's say two third or two fifths of a second faster, which is what it would have taken to get the lead. What do you think about uh, Tappet's conquest? He uh, was way, way back there with the, the, he was actually even a couple lengths ahead of single ruler at different points, but um, he drove him from the freaking clouds, got up and got fourth. Uh, you know, 
he finished second to determinedly in that allowance last out, but he was the only horse in the field to gain on determinedly. It's kind of why we both liked him in this spot. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it was the start or what happened, how, why he got so far back early, but Brad Cox seems pretty excited about him. What do you think about his chances moving forward? I mean, honestly, I don't want anything out of this race. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's one of those where it, it just feels like you had some stumble bunnies on the way home. No one was really all that impressive. You mentioned the buyer number didn't come back very well. The time form number didn't come back very high. The last half mile was slow for a derby prep. The last quarter of a mile was very slow for a derby prep. There really wasn't anything that jumped out at me in this race. And, and again, the one horse I will give an excuse for is two fills because he did the early work and did the late work. Everyone else either did no early work or did no late work, right? So two fills, the one horse out of this I'm interested in coming back from, I would love to bet against the winner, Angel Empire, here. And next out for me is a complete chuck because the price is going to be nowhere near what it should be for a horse that got just a dream set up and was able to, to kind of get that closing kick. Tappet's Conquest just wasn't good enough. I mean, that to me is the biggest issue. Is actually ahead of the six down when they started going down the lane. The six was able to get by and then open up on Tappet's Conquest. No excuse there. Sun Thunder gets a dream run up the rail. Still not mm -hmm. good enough to, to get the job done. So, like, to me, this is this is a race where you're probably fading the first, the second, and the fourth place finisher. I would be a little more cautious fading the third place finisher because of what two fills did early. I agree. And you brought up the next thing I was going to ask about, which was Sun Thunder. I think both of them being big prices here, if you had them 13 to 1 on the winner, Angel of Empire, and then 16 to 1 on Sun Thunder getting second, you're not going to anywhere close to those prices next out in the Louisiana Derby. You know, they'll both show up there um, after off of this effort. They're going to be half that price, maybe even less for Angel of Empire. And no, I, I think it seems like at this point, Louisiana Derby is going to be won by somebody that's a new shooter um, uh, or possibly instant coffee. I know they're waiting for that, but I'm, I think it's I'm with you. Everybody from this group, I don't really like that much moving forward. Possibly Tapas Conquest, who fills a good race here. Um, <laughs> the maiden croupy last of 14 uh by almost 19 20 lengths at different points through the race well he got up for seventh so uh everybody who used croupy and like croupy are you happy with it uh, well this set up wonderfully for croupy if you look at it i mean they went 112 138 they went they were crawling home you had all the time in the world to close uh, it's funny, I saw someone right after this go, Croupy, Belmont horse. I'm like, just because a horse closed <laughs> doesn't mean you're a Belmont horse. Like, that's not really how this works. Belmont maiden special weight? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I understood. I don't know why Croupy was so far back. I realize Croupy's not fast early, but I mean, this was excessive being 20 lengths I mean, back. I mean, barely on the he's screen. He's not even on the part. screen, is he? Uh, I think he's on the outside of the horse in the back. He's way back there. Man. Yeah. A lot of ground to make up. That's just ridiculous. What the hell are you doing back there? So I, yeah, I croupy, croupy performance here. Got a little command performance part dois going on down there at fairgrounds. Um, I, I, look, croupy needs to go win a maiden, and then we can talk about croupy again. I feel like we've talked about croupy too much already at this point. I, but again, like, look, not really a race that I'm going to highlight anyone off of. For me, the two fills ran the best race. Other other three horses in the top four all benefited from what was a, a not a pace meltdown, but not exactly anyone be able to move forward off the front end. Two fills made the lead at the top of the stretch, quit out the third, but it was a good quit out. It wasn't a just give up quit out. So uh, Tappet's conquest. I, I'm kind of disappointed, man. I, like, I, I realized ran fourth and ran a decent fourth, but 
if you tell me victory formation sucks, which we can say, okay, victory formation sucked in that race. You got to think the tap the conquest and get the job done. If that is a derby horse, right? Because without victory formation going into that race, that was an awful prep, awful prep with victory formation. It made it look better on paper because you had the smarty Jones winner in there, but without victory formation or assuming victory formation isn't good, that's a really bad prep race. So you got to get it done if you're going to try and move on and win the, the Kentucky Derby. And I, I think it's a long shot that anyone comes out of this race and wins that race. Uh, some other horses have noticed to, to bring up quickly. Um, the Tappet Shoes, a horse that we got in the third round of the Fantasy League, was third in an allowance undercard. The one that Banishing completely shit his pants in and, and didn't uh, run a lick in. Uh, but Brad Cox is saying that, well, the Louisiana Derby's in the conversation. That gets me excited. I don't understand it, but as his fantasy owner, uh, and we desperately need points as we can get them, please do it. <laughs> yeah. A tap and Shoes was forwardly placed for the first time. That was kind of nice to see that the horse had some early speed. I think they put blinkers on. It, it definitely moved the horse forward. So maybe he thinks second-time blinkers are going to see an improvement. But that's another one where, like, the, the freaking horse that ran fourth in the, the comp ends up winning that race who was 50 to one in LeCompte and comes back and wins at eight to one for, was it McPeak or, or Romans? I can't remember which it was, uh, Demigon or whatever, whatnot. Uh, that horse comes back and wins that allowance. So all of a sudden you're like, well, Vanishing's not that good. You get him out of here. Okay. There's another <laughs> one we can cross off the list. Uh, and so now we're, we're looking ahead to Oakland and you've got, you know, verifying and, and that whole crew that we're going to see next. And it's just like, you all gonna let me down too? Is that, is this just going to keep being the trend of this, this Derby trail? Although I will say this, Look, this usually isn't that productive of a race, right? Like, if you go back historically, the reason that Fairgrounds is getting so much love is because this is the route that Epicenter took. And so people are paying attention because Epicenter was probably the best three-year-old at this time in the country and was down there for Ashton at Fairgrounds. Historically, this Fairgrounds route has not been the most productive, but it's getting a little more love because of the, the barn that's, that Brad Cox has and how many horses he's got running down there and what Epicenter did last year. Oh, Epicenter. <laughs> I love him. Uh, I wish we could have seen him as a four-year-old. A uh, question here in the chat before we move on. Uh, Michael Myers is asking, do you upgrade Red Route 1 in the Rebel this weekend with Sun Thunder getting second, or do you draw a line through it um, just like he drew a line through Sun Thunder's uh, Southwest effort? I mean, this is the kind of question that you get when the Derby class is shit, right? <laughs> like, do we upgrade Red Route One, who is like a, a also ran Asterson horse, right? Because of what Sun Thunder did, McPeak on, on the rail at a big price. I mean, I I don't, I'm not knocking the question. I'm knocking the horses that are involved and how funny it is to me. Uh, look, Red Route, Red Route One is going to run third because that's what Red Route One does. So, uh, no, I'm not going to upgrade Red Route One for this Sun Thunder performance because I think Sun Thunder got absolutely the dream trip and the perfect setup. And so I, I think his effort today was more set up and style based than it was talent based. And because of that, I'm not going to upgrade a horse that was also in a race that he ran in. All right, Mike, let's move on and talk about fairgrounds or no, let's talk about our Derby top, top picks right now. We don't have to take too much time on that one. Uh, neither of us had victory formation as our top pick. Uh, I am staying with Cape Rock until he proves me otherwise, which would be whenever he gets on the track or it's May 3rd and he still hasn't had a race back. Like one of those two things, I'll take Cape Rock down. But for now, I'm with him. I have a second pick I'll talk about in a second. Are you still riding Cape Rock? 
I'm still going to ride Cave Rock, although I'm not as confident as last week because the workout was not as impressive this week as it was last week. And when all we got to do is look at workouts, it makes it a little more difficult to be. It's uh, the as, rain. We're, we're going to have rain this week at some point in Southern California. We will get rain, and Baffert's just worried about it, so he, he slowed him down. And that's what the excuse is. It's it's still Cave Rock and Forte that are one two in my mind. That is where we are. You can put them in either order. I wouldn't argue with you that right now are the best two horses that that we believe to have on the trail because I can't really guarantee either is on the trail because neither has come back yet. But right now, those would be the one and the two pretty safely in my mind, just because of the talent we saw last year. I'm very excited for uh, one particular horse run. The Rebel Stakes this weekend, by the way, is loaded with all sorts of great uh, horses. And one of them, I'm really excited to see if he wins it and wins it impressively, I think definitely deserves to be in the top candidate choices right now. And that is verifying uh, a half-brother to Midnight Bisu is by Justify. Uh, it's a Brad Cox horse. million Brad Cox horses out there. I feel like this one kind of gets swept under the rug or up because he hasn't won a graded stakes yet. But the way he won that allowance at Oakland and then, you know, Gun Pilot came back and won impressively out of that. The only bad effort he's got is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and he finished sixth. But Joel Rosario, you go back and watch. Rosario never gave the horse a chance. He's a, a forwardly placed horse. Rosario let him be, you know, sixth or seventh early on, and he had a shit trip and never got comfortable. You scratch that out, um, I think he deserves, uh, if he wins the Rebel, deserves very much to be in the conversation. Sounds a lot like the horse we just watched. Sounds a lot like the <laughs> If he wins this race... We're going to put them into the conversation at the top. Like, until someone actually can do it, that is when I will actually give them. Like, I'm sick of, of hyping up these horses just to be left down by them. But to be fair, there are a couple horses in there. Gun Pilot, if it takes a step forward, could prove to be a real threat. Verifying, same thing. You're facing a horse like Red Route 1 in that race, who is a, a measuring stick horse. You need to beat the shit out of them if you want to win a Kentucky <laughs> Derby, right? So we'll see what they're able to do against a horse like that as a measuring stick. If someone can run away from that field, they can kind of crack into that that top three or or try and say, okay, I'm 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 here, right? I mean, Tappet Trice, I still think is the best horse I've seen this year run, right? Um, so if if I was going to put a horse on top right now, it would be Tappet Trice that has already run in 2023. Verifying Gun Pilot, those horses need to catch up to that effort. But even Tappet Trice coming out of an allowance, like hasn't run against Stakes Company yet. There's still so many question marks at the same time. There are several Todd Pletcher three-year-olds who looked great coming out of maiden or allowance races, and then the rubber met the road in a stakes race, and it was, <laughs> nope, that never mind. Not This isn't the one. Is this the one? I don't know. Uh, speaking of that, before we switch over to the Oaks race, um, uh, Dennis, uh, well, he said that's a question for Aaron, so I'm glad that you're asking our show, Dennis. But he is drunk, so maybe he forgot what show he's watching. Uh, what Fair. trainer do you want to bet for the Derby right now? Because Aaron, this is going off a of quote Aaron had said earlier last week, I think on the live stream, Cox has the many, but I don't think he has the one. So what trainer do you want to bet, Mike? Man, um, this is hard because you can't – you got to factor in the price, right? If you said, okay, here's 100 bucks, you get $100 if this trainer wins, Brad Cox is probably the logical answer because you know how many horses he has and who he has. Um, I'll go ahead and say I don't think Brad Cox is winning the Derby this year. 
I, I don't think it's him. If I was going to do one person, I'd probably do Pletcher right now because I know I get tap at Trice and I get Forte. Uh, so I think that would be my pick if I was going to pick anybody. Uh, Baffert, it depends how you grade that ticket. <laughs> Does Baffert, do you get all the Bafferts no matter what trainer they go to? Do you only get the Yak Team Bafferts? Do you only get the Atchison Bafferts? Like, so we don't know where those horses are going, which makes that more difficult. Um, but right now, for me, I would give it to Pletcher uh, with an asterisk because I don't know what's going to happen with the Bafferts. I will tell you this. I'm kind of getting sick of these Brad Cox horses. I'm getting sick of like having two Brad Cox horses, three Brad Cox horses in all these races. And just, you're not seeing that step forward you want from the horses that are supposed to be good, but you're seeing marginal improvement from the horses that aren't as good that end up winning the race. It's just like, all right, guys, like let's figure our shit out here. Let's, let's get us some nice hierarchy here. Uh, you know, it's, it's a great point at the beginning of the year. I think we talked about this, uh, I think it was Cox, Asmussen, Pletcher were the ones we were ranking because we weren't considering Baffert. Um, it'll be curious to see where Arabian Knight goes. Uh, curious to see where Cave Rock goes as far as trainers. Um, if Baffert doesn't want to care about making the Derby for Cave Rock, if he's thinking Preakness is better for him, you build to that, you don't have to switch trainers. You just keep him on your team. You throw him in the same Derby and you screw over the horses to switch trainers and you win that one. I mean, maybe that's what he does, but uh, a great question, Dennis, whether or not you meant it for somebody else's show. Oh, yeah. Gabe, I don't think Kings Barnes is going to win the Derby, but you do have him included with that, too. So um, he would he broke his maiden. He debuted as a three year old. Right. And broke his yeah. maiden. So he's going to have to be justified uh, to get it done. But yeah, a, a great point. Um, nonetheless. Yeah, he won a nice one right. two, two weekends ago, I believe it was. So you're yeah. going to see him at a stakes race next time out. Probably a points race. Probably Tampa Derby. Yeah. Yeah, because that was on Sam F. Davis weekend. So, all right, let's head over to uh, head back to fairgrounds here. We'll switch gears and talk about the Kentucky Oaks and everybody's top pick for the Oaks. Well, she stumbled a little bit right there, and and everybody who better eleven to one to win the Kentucky Derby, uh, probably not so happy now, are they, Mike? <clears throat> well, if you better eleven to one to win the Kentucky Derby, you you shouldn't have been happy when you hit the bet submit bet button. Like that was not. You were out drinking with Dennis. That's what you did. Yeah. Look, um, this race is, is a mess. I, there are more trip issues in this six-horse field than there were in the 13-horse field we just watched. Most of them are the two Hoosier Philly. You mentioned the bobble at the break. She wants to be a little forwardly placed. Now she's in between and getting checked back when they're going 25 seconds in the first, first quarter of a mile. Uh, I have excuse after excuse for Hoosier Philly in this race, which is not what I expected when I watched the replays again the next day after this race ended, you look at like Chop Chop, no excuse. Chop Chop should have won this race by six. Like if, if Chop Chop was real, should have won pretty easily. Hopefully we see her on the turf next time out. But the stumble was real at the gate. The blocking in the backstretch was real at the gate. They crawled up front, right? She has to go four wide against it. I, I am willing to give her a pass in this one. Uh, where I don't think I'm willing to give many passes in that the Colt race. Uh, Michael Myers says on the backstretch, I said Morales will get this horse beat, meaning Edgar Morales, the only jockey who's ever ridden her in a race. Um, I have seen a lot of, com uh, not complaints, but uh, uh, people just criticizing his ride and saying if she had a, a Hall of Fame jockey or, or a classic winning jockey aboard her, uh, it wouldn't have been, you know, it wouldn't have been an issue to me. It, it mostly sounded like sour grapes, so I didn't entertain it too much. But what do you think? Do you, I mean, does a better jockey get her in the gate or is it really like you said, she only had a few works coming into this and maybe just needed time? 
Yeah, I mean, she stumbled out of the gate. So I guess you could make an argument, well, a better jockey, she doesn't stumble. Okay, if that's true. No, that's fine. not true. Like, then, then, then you can make the argument for the rest of it. But like after the break, not really much of a choice to go into the first turn. And all of a sudden, you're just in an awful spot. Like there's not really much. What's Morales supposed to do? Go to the lead down the backstretch, four wide? Like I, I don't understand what option you think is good. After the break, you're put in a situation where – you're kind of screwed no matter what you do. If you rush up, you're screwed. If you sit in between, you could have exactly what happened you happen to, which is you have to check after the, the leaders go 25 seconds in the first quarter. So, uh, no, I don't, think, I don't think that Morales mattered here. Do I think that you could get a better jockey? Yeah, sure, there's better jockeys than Morales out there. I don't think anyone would argue that, including Morales, right? But yeah, uh, with what happened here, I'm not sure what you want him to do. Because this th- this stumble was real. That first footstep was not good. Then her hind legs weren't good. And all of a sudden, a horse that wants to be forwardly placed is last in a field of six. And and the gate draw doesn't help either. If she stumbles in the sixth gate, she can run up to the outside of horses comfortably and get to where she wants. When you stumble in the two and the one and the three close on you, you either have to go four or five wide around the first turn in a mile and a 16th race, not something you're looking to do, especially into a slow pace, or you've got to make the decision that you're just going to let this play out and see what happens. He made the decision to let it play out, which is probably the prudent decision when you're on a two to five shot because you theoretically have the best horse and it just played out really poorly. Um, As far as, you know, not very forward and and didn't, wasn't as close to these top two. I I think you have to look at this. Like Miracle's not a good horse. I put Miracle on the ticket and I talked about Miracle on the show as winning the race because of the pace. Mm-hmm. This is a pace-dependent result for both the five and the six in my mind. Now, the five has good races in the past, I, less pace-dependent than the six. But the six ran first, ran second in this spot and almost won the race because they essentially went 25-49-113. That was the way that the six, who is a sprinter, could end up winning the race. So uh, I don't blame – I also don't think Kuzri Flea really got asked on the lane if you watch Morales. I think he kind of was like, all right, I'm not catching those two. I'm going to wrap it up a little bit here. Uh, so I, I'm not worried about the margin of distance here for Hoosier Philly. The, like the fact that I was even picking the six tells you how I felt about the pace in this race. And it manifested that way. And Hoosier Philly didn't break. Like that's a bad situation. Yeah, it was pretty unfortunate. Uh, looking ahead towards the Oaks, who do you get? Is Hoosier Philly still your top pick? Did you switch to pretty mischievous? Give me Hoosier Philly. And give me a better price now, by the way. Like, if we want to look at the silver lining here, <laughs> you're not getting two to five anymore. Now you're looking at, like, so you're, you're going to get a better price on her, who I still think is the most talented horse. Was first off a bench, lightly worked into it, bad break, slow pace. Like, there's a bunch of reasons you can, a bunch of excuses you can make for Hoosier Philly here, who just wasn't good enough today based on the circumstances. Uh, horse I'm excited to see this weekend um, is a, a horse named Coffee in Bed. Do you remember her? Mm-hmm. She, she had that big win for uh, for Mandela, um, which, by the way, ice dancing is now out of the training for a bit. She had a, a chip after she won the whatever the last race she was in, San Inez. Uh, but Santa Isabel is this weekend. It's the first two turn uh, derby prep at Santa Anita of the year. And Coffee in Bed seems like she's going to be pretty, uh, pretty special. She's a daughter of Curlin, um, Spendthrift Farms owner, you know, just a super impressive. It's tough because she just debuted. Um, back on January 6th and once. So it's a big step up. A lot could happen, uh, needs to happen for her to keep improving. But uh, Dark Horse Candidate, I go with Coffee in Bed. Watch for her this weekend in the Santa Isabel at, uh, at Santa Anita. I switched to Pretty Mischievous. Pretty Mischievous, I had her highly ranked anyways coming into this. So I'll go ahead and put her over Hoosier Philly. But I'm not going to drop Hoosier Philly 
uh, lower than second. Uh, you know, Wonder Wheel, you could have argued, would be up there. But I think that this effort here, there's more excuses than for Wonder Wheel and what happened at Tampa. But she should have won at Tampa. I still don't understand how she lost that race. You want to do the tequila bet? Oaks, both, oh, no. both make the gate. You get pretty mischievous. I get who's your Philly? Head to head in the Oaks. Both have to make the gate. Both have to break from the gate to qualify it as a bet. I get who's your Philly. You get pretty mischievous. You just put her on top. You just said she's the best one, the one you take. Oh, well, it'd be my pick right now, but a lot is going to happen in the next two and, it's two and a half months out, man. I can't make yeah. that kind of a bet. A lot can happen to my horse, too. It's not like this is one-sided. Plus, I said they both have to make the gate. So you have a caveat where if something happens, you're okay. You're safe. You're fine. Let's do it. No, do I it. won't do it. I every won't time, do it. No. Every time someone says that, do it, Magic. I think of the, the entourage where Vinny is buying the Rolls Royce. Do it, Vinny. <laughs> I don't know why. Dennis will take it. There you go. You and Dennis now have the tequila bet. <laughs> yeah, the drunk guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is, uh, there we go. Uh, well, Magic wants my going. side, though. Or I'm sorry. Dennis wants my side. He doesn't want your side. If you no, D Dennis, I'm gonna I'm gonna just preemptively say Dennis takes pretty mischievous. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All, all right. right. All right. Well, uh, speaking of uh, of coffee in bed, I feel like going to bed and taking a nap. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that's pretty much it for the show, though. Not much to talk about in terms of uh, Derby and Oaks uh, from this past weekend, other than what we saw. Nothing even from the allowance races. I mean, special weights were super exciting. Um, Tappet's Conquest, you know, got third, but somehow that's going to be good enough to go to Louisiana Derby, but that's fine. We'll take it. Um, we do have the Rebel Stakes coming up later this week uh, at Oakland Park on Saturday. That's the big focus. Also going to have the Honeybee Stakes. It's a Kentucky Oaks prep race there. Uh, I believe Secret Oath won that race. Yeah, Secret Oath won the Honeybee Stakes. So maybe we'll get the Kentucky Oaks winner to come out of Oakland for the second straight year. Uh, we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah, the Saudi Derby, which isn't even an official Kentucky Derby prep race. That's this weekend. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you want to you want to cover the Saudi? Uh, five? I don't forget the track's name. Do you want? Yeah. Do you want to do their pick five? I don't think you can bet it in the U.S. Really? I don't think so. And no, I don't. Well, I'll just get out. In front of <laughs> no, I don't have any interest in betting that racetrack. <laughs> uh, oh, we forgot to t talk about the Japanese horse that won the prep uh, Sunday. Um, uh, Perrier. Is his name? You want to talk about Perrier? No. Okay, that's fine. I think we're okay as long as long as no Japanese horse goes out in twenty two forty five. I'm going to be okay this year. I still want to pull my hair out over that. It still makes me mad. <laughs> swear to God, if they send any over that do that again, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it live on there. Um, uh, Gabe says you can bet the track in the U.S. Not sure about the pick five. That yeah, that's yeah, fair. Sorry, it's on uh, it's on all the ADWs, so you're able to bet it, bet the race. But it's like because for a while they were offering pick fours at Ascot, but because of the pool situation, it was only a US based pool, which made it kind of funky, and then they took those away. So they, they kind of they don't always offer those bets because international racers don't always offer those bets. Um well yeah, then we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to cover that. Where do you want to go though? I know it's it's Tuesday, so they haven't drawn everything, but Oakland I, is the Let's Big do spot. Sam Houston. No. 
Oh, wait, we can't still. No, Marco, we can't bet Sam Houston yet. Maybe maybe someday soon. At least we're past the HISA thing. Now it's just the legislation and making sure they don't break the law. Um, but yeah, no, it's still no Sam Houston. Uh, where should we go this weekend? Let's see. Oakland's the main focus because of the Rebel, but there's also yeah. no turf racing, and I know how you feel about that. I do poo-poo on turf. We should, we should probably do Oakland or Santa Anita, because I actually think Santa Anita is supposed to have a good card on Saturday too, aren't they? It's supposed to rain all weekend, though. Oh, well, let's poo-poo on Santa Anita. Yeah, let's go to Oakland then. Oakland? I was going yeah. to say Gulfstream supposed to have sunny weather all weekend, but we can do we can definitely do Oakland. Let's do Oakland, baby. Let's crush yeah, it. Look at that. Mike, Mike was given the choice and the, boxed into a corner because he had no other options. <laughs> And he chose this one, so that works out. We'll go to Oakland Park. So make sure you join us on Thursday, February 23rd at 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific, which we're both in the same time zone now, uh, which is awesome, uh, covering the late pick five at Oakland Park. Uh, for this coming Saturday. Rebel Stakes, Honeybee Stakes, I assume the Carousel Stakes is part of that as well. So join us here at that point. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Chris Kelloward. He is at some of them, 18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes make sure you go to racingdudes.com. uh check out everything that we have as far as premium products go the summer bombs the racing dudes rockets and then every race every track across the country with the racing dudes premium and then there was one more thing i was going to bring up and i just forgot about what it was couldn't have been that important oh subscribe youtube.com slash racing dudes make sure you subscribe to that one uh community continues to grow and grow it's pretty awesome love to have you be a part of it if you aren't yet until thursday actually until wednesday for dudes who bet daily I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, and we'll see you. Well, shit, we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, everybody. <laughs> it's been another week in racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts if they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.